Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Principle of Hospitality, the podcast. Now, we've had a collision of worlds, a joining of forces, a banding of brothers. Sash from Principle Design and me, Sean from Open Pantry Consulting, are pleased to announce this venture for 2021, Principle of Hospitality. Now, we know that food brings people together and promotes community. And at Principle of Hospitality, we are here to disrupt current perceptions of what the hospitality industry can achieve in today's ever-evolving and challenging environment. Now, that's why we've partnered with Chef's Hat on this Principle of Hospitality podcast. Now, if you didn't know, Chef's Hat is the largest family-owned and operated hospitality supplier in Australia. They strive to inspire cooks, chefs, bakers, and bartenders to deliver the best product with the best tools every day. So that's why we're so proud to partner with Chef's Hat, where the industry shops. Now let's get into today's podcast. I think you're really gonna enjoy it. Welcome to another Principle of Hospitality podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Carlton Wine Room occupies a treasured corner in the old part of Carlton in Faraday Street. Carlton Wine Room is a classic bistro influence with a respect for the changing seasons balanced with what their suppliers are offering to culminate in comforting dishes that work with wine. They have distinct dining spaces over five levels <laughs> that are linked with a common offering, solid, informed service and good times. My experience with Carlton Wine Room is always friendly, accessible and remarkable. So it's a pleasure to sit down with the co-owner, Andy Joy. How are you, Andy? How are you? Good, Sean. How are you going? I am fantastic. Thank good. you so much for hosting us today in this, um, in this amazing venue. Um, it's it's really good to visit it again, as I said to you when I, when I came in, like it's been... A good 18 months since I've been and I feel a bit guilty of that. <laughs> so well, we've, we've had a little bit of an issue in the middle of that, haven't <laughs> we? So <coughs> I forgive everybody who hasn't been here last year. That's fine. We've all uh, <laughs> stayed at home. We've all stayed at home. Which is nice. But it's, um, I mean, it's a lovely day and it just reminds me of how fantastic, you know, this venue is in Carlton. Yeah, it's a pretty amazing building that we occupy here and we're pretty blessed to have it. And, uh, you know, have the opportunity to do what we do mm-hmm. in such an amazing environment and space. Um, and just to respect the corner as well and respect the local community. I think sort of one of the main drivers that sort of drives Travis and I on a daily basis is to to truly uh, be here and be present in the building and be mm. present in the community as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just through the way that we are when we put the furniture out whatever it might be, you yes. know, it's just sort of like saying hi. And yeah, I think that the the corner needs to express that openness and that's that's kind of what we try and make the building do and mm-hmm. the business do on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how did how did you both take on this building? Because obviously this this wasn't your building to start with. You bought you bought this business, yeah, right? In, yeah, 2018 we mm-hmm. bought this business. Mm-hmm. Um, how, do, how do we take – that's a good question actually. <laughs> um, so it, Travis and I – have known each other for Travis Howe is my business partner. Mm-hmm. Known each other for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Um, how many years I can't actually probably tell you, but it's quite a while. <laughs> but he, he and I were both uh, in positions in wine um, in Flinders Lane, 
right at the period when fin- like Flinders Lane was sort of just sort of starting to take off like 2008 onwards yes um so I was at Cumulus Inc mm-hmm. Travis was at Coda mm-hmm. um, and we'd often you know burn the midnight oil discussing our you know combined ideas around wine or what what it might be and mm-hmm. how how's your list going how you're finding the trade like what's going on and and that sort of developed into a, a pretty solid friendship mm. over the years. Um, and then we were away on a on a uh, trip with Salahand uh, in Porter in we're in New Zealand, and we ended up getting a being put in a chalet together. Um, <laughs> hey, how you doing? Nice chalet. <laughs> can you see the snowy mountains? Yeah, I can, darling. They're so, so nice. romantic. Yeah. Are you sleeping? Yeah. <laughs> get off me. <laughs> so, uh, so we're in this amazing spot and. We just sort of started talking a bit about, um, you know, what we'd like to do with our futures. And it was mm. sort of, it was pretty daunting back then to sort of go, oh, yeah, I'd love to own something. It just mm. seemed, it seemed very unattainable. Mm-hmm. Like it seemed very difficult to try and get to that point. So it was always something we spoke about and, you know, everything like that. And um, especially over that weekend, which, <laughs> which, was, which was full of me getting up way too early and making Travis coffee and going, come on, mate, get out of bed. What are you still doing in bed? Yeah. Get on going. Drink a hydrolyte. Get the fuck up. Get up. <laughs> we all need them. It's good. Um, and so it, it just, yeah, it just sort of stuck in the back of our minds and we sort of would, would revisit the idea every now and then and then it became a bit more serious when we um, sort of struck upon two silent investors mm-hmm. who will remain silent <laughs> um who were amazing human beings uh who have really been amazing mentors for travis and myself yeah right and continue to be they're just great blokes mm. um but they sort of you know travis was like oh you know i think we could get this to work and and i'm like yeah let's go and we'll have lunch with them right and, and i'll tell you the story of like if you want to bear with me i'll tell you the story of lunch <laughs> Um, so lunch turned out to be Francois and they said, oh, you know, we'll bring the wine, you guys fix up the food. And we're mm-hmm. like, okay, great, this sounds good, this sounds good for me and Travis, this is great, no worries, a couple of snails, I can afford that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so they, they brought a, a huge bracket of wines and um, they served every single one of them to us masked and blind, so basically wow. wrapped in foil. And Travis and I had to try and figure out what these wines were and where they were from in the world and the year that they were made and all this sort of stuff. And it was kind of – it was in, in some ways a bit of a test, I think. Yes. <laughs> Cheekily, so. I think it was like a, an options game to go, well, do we want to be in business? Well, maybe, you know. <laughs> and so we, we – the lunch was amazing. Mm-hmm. The wines were great. We kind of got through the bracket, I think, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and from that point on it was like, right, well, we're, we're going to do this. And then – so we – started to work on the idea of where it might be and Mm -hmm. discussing things and we just happened to be walking through Carlton and we were walking past the Carlton Wine Room and we just said, like, literally, what about that? Wow. Because I'd I'd worked across the road at 312. Yes. Like, years ago, like 15, 16 years ago now, or even longer. Right. I can't actually remember the dates. Um, But, and I'd always looked at this building and just thought, what an amazing building. Yes. And... um, you know, it it was always in my mind in some ways, and then to walk past it and go, well, what about that? And I was like, oh, well, I reckon that could actually really, really work. Mm-hmm. And it had the right makeup, it had the size, mm-hmm. um, and 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 everything that you needed to um, to have. And you know, and you know, Jay, who originally set up the Carlton Wine Room, 
had done a really great job mm-hmm. um, in, in cementing it as a place to be. And then, like, in a lot of ways, I, you got Jay to thank in so many ways because he did quite a lot of work here mm-hmm. to get it to where it was. Um, mm-hmm. And we came in at the end and I think that we sort of got a really great opportunity to turn something into what it has become. And, like, we didn't really do a great deal of work to it in, a, in much, but I think it's... Um, what we have brought here is is that what I was talking about that community focused sort yep. of offering that we do, and and I think that that's sort of where that's evolved to. But yeah, like that is kind of the story. It was a bit relatively haphazard, and I don't know if it was particularly like directly planned in a lot of ways. But it certainly it was one of those magic moments that came together, and mm. I think that. But I think that like I, ha- I had been offered a lot of partnerships over the years, but like none of them ever seemed to sort of actually sit well with me. Why is that? Well, I just I, I think that, like, having witnessed businesses fail mm. before mm. and seeing the reasons why they fail, I think that I was very conscious of not entering into a partnership that right. that would like I needed to, we needed to well Travis and I both needed to enter into a partnership that could actually weather the storm of opening a business, sure, running the business day to day, and yes. then not only that but seeing it past that the first three years which we have done. But also seeing it through the next 10, 15, mm. whatever it can be, because when businesses do fail, they, they cause a lot of financial damage across the board. You know, like it's, um, I've never, I've, there was a restaurant I witnessed closing in Flinders Lane, which I won't name, name of because it was, I'm sure for the owners, it was a tragic story, but um, they'd spent so much money on the fit out. Yes. And I remember coming into work one day at um, Cumulus and I was watching these guys sort of, you know, throw out these light fittings that I knew were about $5,000 a piece. Wow. <laughs> you know, or like, wow. or some ridiculous price. And just thinking, my God, like, that's not just a light fitting, that's somebody's mortgage now. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, that's going to be that effect because mm. they'd only traded, they hadn't even traded for 12 months and they were yeah. closing the doors. So Right. So I was very conscious and very cautious to enter into the correct partnership and I think that's what we have here is, is the great coming together of, of four people who can actually make it work both from a front of house perspective, but also the mentoring that we get from our two silent partners, just from a business perspective, is is fantastic. You know, like I think that that's also what makes it work. Is that, yeah. yeah, yeah. Was was it important for you guys to to buy something that was established? Was it was it the fact that you did that as a lower risk opportunity, or was it the fact that yeah, the I building like was so fantastic? The, that you well, I think to the building in. number one, like really, yeah. you've got to respect the fact that the building is absolutely uh, stunning, prime yeah. building in. In the heart of a great suburb. Yes, yes, that mm. is the the case. But I think also you are right in that. Like, if I if I look at setting up a restaurant now, and it might even just be my risk averse nature, mm. I wouldn't go and set up one from scratch somewhere. Interesting. Like in the city, or mm-hmm. I like the cost of putting in a kitchen, you know, doing the entire fit out. Mm can run into the millions very quickly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't have the appetite for that. Yeah. And I'm just – I'm aware of that. That's just who I am. I'm just like, you know, I I witnessed my dad lose a lot of money um, towards the end, end of his career and, mm. um, you know, the yeah, the bank foreclosed on his house and took it from him. So I, I've seen what happens um, – with that, and which is, you know, that was that's also co- coloured a lot of my decision making in a lot of ways. Was seeing that that sort of outcome, you know. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's 
you know, family stuff. But, um, yeah, I think that that's definitely shaped my cautious nature in terms of investment. Is yeah. Is, is, is relative. Yeah. You know, but I, I think interesting enough, it, on that now, I mean, if we look at what's just happened in the last 12 months, mm. there's also this great renaissance that we could witness here in Melbourne because, because so much has potentially gone by the wayside in terms mm. of operational businesses. Yes. There's a lot of real estate out there. Mm-hmm. And if there's you know, young people out there that want to have a go, it's almost like now is actually a prime time to potentially have a go. Yes. Because there's actually space to do it now. Yeah, you know? it's achievable. It's achievable, mm. yeah. And mm. and I think that we could witness a very a great sort of response in Melbourne because those that really want to be here are going to put the, the effort into being here and they're 100%. going to create great things. And I'm really excited about that idea. Yeah. I think that's a really great thing. We've mm-hmm. got talent here. And now we've just cre- this this pandemic we've been through has has created a space where that that you know talent pool can shine. You know? Yes. Like, yeah. I think that that's that's just a really beautiful thing that could actually occur. Yeah. So yeah. To so yeah. all those people wanting to escape Melbourne, don't run away. <laughs> Stay well, here. <laughs> well, there's been there's been so much talent which has left Melbourne, right? Oh, and, absolutely. And, and it's over a tragedy. The, over the last twelve months, like it's just um you know it's just amazing to. Even talking with you know um, with with Maddie Lane the other week, and, yeah, yeah, and, and talking yeah. about how he lost so much of his like, all his kitchen stuff. I yeah, mean, yeah. I mean, which is uh, something we should sort of really talk about. Like the way the government didn't support mm. a lot of the um, you know overseas workers, overseas yeah. workers, immigrant-based labour, whatever it mm. might be. Mm. We could have done a better job. Yeah, you know? like especially for our industry. Like our industry is is reliant. A lot of people from elsewhere. Yes. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's not going to change anytime soon, right? It's not going to change anytime soon. No. 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 I want to talk about that later in the podcast. I think it's a really important point. Yeah. Hundred um, percent. But but first of all, if we talk about because I think you know you just said that there's so much opportunity now mm. in the industry, and a lot of people are going to think, Andy, the next couple of months, you know, towards the end of 2021, mm. about buying their first business, right? Those yeah. chefs or baristas and that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. What did you and Trav learn from buying an established business, which a lot of people were about to do? Um, what did you What did you change? What didn't you change coming into this venue? What did What didn't we change? Like in terms of what we did in the actual venue? Yes. Uh, yeah, so obviously the name was the same. Yeah, the name's the same because it's yes. a good name. Yes, like, it's a really good name. It's really it's, obvious. <laughs> <laughs> I think we had a, we actually had a discussion about the name. For, I think it took about a day, and we're like, "Why are we even bothering to try and change this?" <laughs> This is actually really good, isn't it? Yeah, fine. <laughs> Let's not do that. <laughs> That's easy. I'm glad we all agree. Um, Trav and Andy's corner of wine. <laughs> not going to happen. Um, <laughs> uh, what did we do? Look, you know, honestly, like we 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 kind of just pared it all back. I think we kind of mm. tried to simplify the, the in terms of the actual building. If that's what you're talking about, straight yeah. away, it's just yeah. like. Yeah, we threw a bunch of stuff out. Like mm. that's true. We threw out some lots and lots of stuff, um, mm. and we looked at the functionality of the actual building. Like I think it had a, a big office upstairs, and I walked in there and I was like, "Well, this is this is too big to be an office because right. you can run a restaurant from an iPhone now." So yes, we don't need two massive desks. What we need is another room where we can sell seats. Yep. So you know, yep. like that's that's where that became another function room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it's about sort of assessing the the real estate you have, um, being realistic about what you can achieve in terms of your own abilities and the abilities of the team around you. Um, but also don't be shy. Like You've got to try and push it out there as well. I think timidity is something that can actually drive you 
you know, to the wall as well. Yeah. So you, you do point. need to be able to put yourself out there. I mean, it's frightening. Like, oh, my God, like I remember having a lot of sleepless nights coming into this, like just going, oh, my God, I hope this works. <laughs> I, just got, I just got my long service leave from McConnell and I... <laughs> It's just all gone into this. <laughs> Fingers crossed. You beauty. <laughs> um, but like it, I think, um, yeah, just I, d- don't be scared and, and sort of like back yourself into it as well. Like, mm. um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a very difficult question in, in that sense. Like, because it does come down to your own innate abilities. Like, sure. And I think that, you know, if you focus on the hospitality, if you focus on day to day making it good, yes, right. Don't get don't get caught up in the greater picture of what's my Instagram profile doing, what's mm. this doing. Like that stuff will take care of itself, sure. right? Yep. Because that's driven actually driven by the populace and the public more than anything else. You yep. can you can have a great Instagram profile yourself, but guess what? No one cares. Yes. Um, yeah. Like, it's and if you're not delivering on great service and great if product, you're not, like if you're not doing the day yeah. in day out thing, then just like it's just it's the it's the essence of what we do and i think it's it's really about important to focus on those those things like yeah just focus on making good things day in day out and i think i, I really learned that from working with andrew mcconnell for 15 16 years oh god long time yes 15 years whatever it was but i think you look at the dedication he has to task and craft and across the businesses like the consistency is amazing it's amazing. Yes. And, um, yeah, I, I learned a great deal from working in those businesses and just knowing that it's – everyone can – you know, you can have these lofty ideals, but unless you focus on the day-to-day mm. and the task at hand, yeah. your lofty ideals mean nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so can, true. You can think whatever you want, yes. but unless you're doing the thing every day, mm. you, you just yeah, – you, you might be lost pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. Once you guys were actually in it, like, did you did you change anything? Because, like, operationally, like, I'm coming in, I'm looking at, you know, five to six different zones that you could actually yeah. serve um, yeah, we, wine and food here. Like, did you, yeah. you know? Look, I think one of the things I think we changed, um, you know, I, look, I, I don't – I'm not completely across how the business was run previously, yeah. but I think we were very firm on our value. Sure. Like, what we're worth. Yes, you know? yeah. So – but this also is driven by the reality of wages. Mm. We all know what that feels like. <laughs> yes. um, but, you know, we committed to our function rooms being a minimum of $1,200 minimum spend to have them. That's right. it. Like, that's $1,200 yep. minimum spend. Yep. So that is based on what it costs to staff it, you know, cost of goods, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Realistically, we have to be making $1,200 to open the door to one of our function rooms. Yeah. That's just a set in stone fact. Mm-hmm. Like we don't waver on that because mm-hmm. I think if you start sort of, you know, trying to shortcut, undersell yourself, oh yeah, you can have that for four hundred bucks. Well, yeah. you can do that for four hundred bucks, but it just cost you one hundred and ten to do that. Yes. So yeah. why would you do it? Mm-hmm. You know, like so, I think we we're being very firm on that. Um, you know, and that that comes through having a great uh, person in the office, mm-hmm. Simon Fenton, who's an absolute legend, <laughs> um, and you know, just being solid about what we do and 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 not and not kowtowing to sort of things, you know. Yeah. But you still ha- you have to be hospitable at the end of the day. Correct? Yes, of course. But you also need to respect the fact that it has to be a business. Yes. And it has to service what it does, you know, because there are wages to pay at the end of the week. Mm-hmm. And it's never a small bill. No. You know, and then you do have to pay your suppliers. Yep. Which are, you know, 
dear to my heart because they're all absolute legends. Mm. And I just ne- I will never want to run a business where we're in a position where we're not servicing that you know that reality of debt to those who have have you know supplied everything that we are using. Like of course, I don't think it's an outcome that I ever will ever accept. You know, I don't you know pay your bills. That's mm. what I think. So, mm. so yeah, I think it's really about sticking to your guns and just sort of making sure that what you do on a daily basis is is actually servicing the needs of the business. You know, yeah, and being conscious of it. You know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I want to I want to ask you about last year um, just for a second, mm-hmm. and you've kind of. You've kind of taken me down a path I, w- I didn't know I wanted to go down, but now I do. This is scary. <laughs> <laughs> I'll lay it up here. Do you feel you're more connected with your suppliers now because oh, of what happened last year? Well, yeah, definitely because of what happened last year. But I think we're, yeah. we're pretty connected already. Sure. Um, but because of my history as well, um, being a primary producer myself, mm. I think my respect for pr- primary, primary producers... Um, has always been there sure. because I know what it takes to get a bottle of wine to the table. Yeah, yeah. I've done 22 years of being involved with the vineyard, mm. um, planted it and seen it grow wow. and, you know, seen all the ins and outs of what that does to family dynamics and yeah. everything that goes with that. You know? mm-hmm. And um, I think that, yeah, my respect for anyone that can produce anything, my God, anything at all, is pretty – it runs pretty deep there. Mm. I, I – um. I have huge amount of respect for anyone that produces anything. So yeah, yes, the connection's definitely there, and the connection will remain there. I think it's sort of um, just it is just a respectful thing that I you know will always carry. You know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I guess the reason why I ask that question as well it's not it's not often that um, venues will give a nod to their supply chain and their seasonality on their website. Yeah, you know, and the yeah. way they talk about things, and that's what I really admire about what you and Trav have done here is this this connection. Yeah. And and um, it's just obvious, yeah. Yeah, but see, that's that's the other thing as well. I don't think it's also something we need to. I think we can. Sometimes we sort of um, farm to table. (laughs) Yes, we're doing farm to table. (laughs) Here's a clot of dirt. Um, You know, like, but it's it. It it should just be like I think. It goes in hand in hand with um, my my thoughts on farming as well but i mm. think that which i will express in a sec but yeah i think that if you run a quality thing like if you're trying to do a quality thing like it, it should just be the fact that who you're using are great people and of great, course great producers yes in their essence because yes like if it's a good quality thing what we need to do at our end is very simple yeah you know you don't need to do much yes you know like that's a great point you know getting you know Fruit and uh, the veggies from Romaro Farm is Oliver's a mate of mine, absolute legend. And you know, sure, Wagyu out of Balan. Um, yeah, just like these are great families and great people. And yeah, why, why would you not want to work with them? Why would you want to work with anyone else who's you know anyone who's not doing a great job of on their property? And that yeah. sort of comes back to even the wine list as well. Like you'll see that there's a little symbol that's like tree hugger, and like so the tree hugger basically means anyone that uses either biodynamic organic or what i'd like to call best practice and that's just basically regenerative agriculture on their farms mm. and that's like this is we need as eth- like trying to be ethical operators in yes. what we do yeah it 
you should just be focusing on these people. Of course. But I don't think it should be the ultimate flag of your business. I think it just should be. That's yeah, right. it. You know? like, it just should be normal. It just should be normal. Yeah. You should just normalise that. Thing, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's what I think about that. It's just yeah. So the same yeah you know, same goes for what we do at the farm as myself is just mm. like it's it's yeah regenerative agriculture. It's not certified organic. I, you know I don't I don't actually don't really certification. I don't think it does. Like yeah. I don't think we should. It goes down that path as well. It's just like why would you not just treat the land that way? Mm. Why do you need certification? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just That's a great <laughs> point. <laughs> just like, oh yeah, cool. You're really doing a great job. Here's the sticker. <laughs> Thanks. thousand dollars. So, what do you think it's going to take to? What do you think it's going to take to for that to be normal? More of a conversation. We need to speak about it more. We need to talk about the way we actually produce things. You know, As an industry between each other, or As to an consumers industry between each other, consumers, yeah. everything like supermarkets, the whole deal. Like that's it's a. Sub- it's a supply problem across, you know, a lot of it. Like, and with global warming being what it is, I think that, you know, if you're not, if you're not operating that way, like, turns out you're a terrorist. You know, like, <laughs> yes. it's just, yeah, yeah. we, we got to, you know, I think, oh, God, I don't want to get too, you know, too, too full on about this. But, like, yeah, we, we need to start treating the planet better. You know? Yeah. And I'm going to leave that one there because <laughs> that's going to cause a whole lot of... Stuff somewhere. I'm not sure what it's going to cause, <laughs> but I just think, um, as farmers, yep, you have the land, so treat the land better. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think it's pretty. It's obvious, going to be better it? for you. It's going to mm. be better for your family. It's going to be better for your customers. Mm. Longevity will be better. You know, mm-hmm. you get more out of it. Mm-hmm. So I just think that, you know, it, it should. Uh, it should just be. It shouldn't even be a conversation. It just should be. Like, I don't know. Um, we need to let go of a lot of old ways of farming. You know. What do you think is stopping that? What's stopping it? Um, I think being tied to a lot of old ideals about, you know, what inputs do mm. in the soil, like superphosphates and things like that. Yeah. None of it's good. <laughs> yes. It's not really doing anything. Yeah. It's yeah. just stripping the soil of all of its nutrients. But I think that's driven by, you know, decades of well, God, when's it like you're talking late like nineteen 1940s, I think was superphosphate started to come in or something yep. like that. Yep. So yeah, so I think that you know, you've got this entrenched concept, you know, where people just think that that's how you need to farm. Like yeah, it's just that's so ingrained. Mm. But what's what's gonna it, but the thing is that it can be a pretty a relatively quick turnaround realistically. Mm. On, a, on a piece of land, so I don't know. It's going to take a, probably a lot, a lot more younger people getting involved. You know, sure. I think that that's the thing. Like, you know, looking at at the area that our vineyards in out in the Pyrenees is just, you know, it's there's a lot of older operators out there, and Leighton, who's the winemaker out there, who's my cousin, mm-hmm. and I, are probably pretty young relative to that area. Sure. You know? So um, I think that that's yeah a bit more youth being involved and like. <coughs> it, that's a, the other thing as well is like if you look at agricultural areas in Australia, I mean we really do need to have a huge push to encourage youth to be involved because those areas are starting to lose their, their youth base very quickly. Absolutely. Um, and without anyone to fill those vacuums, we're going to have a bit of a problem at mm. some point in those areas. So, mm. yeah, I think um, the agricultural sector needs a, a bit of 
a shake up, mm. and also a bit of encouragement for people to get involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a huge looming issue. Yeah, yeah. I think like my family has an orchard um, mm. in the Riverland in South Australia. I think I might have oh, told yeah. you that. No, and um, oh, okay. Well, um, now I know though. Now you th- there you go. <laughs> so I do, and it's a, but it's a hobby thing, right? It's like it's like a it's like a thing my parents have had on the side for forty yeah, years, right? Um, but I'm curious in that change of like regenerative, you know, agriculture and that kind of stuff, and yeah. not using Roundup and that kind of stuff anymore. Mm. I wonder if it's just a concern that they'll u- lose a couple of years of yield. Yeah. In that changeover. Yeah, I think there's a lot right? of that fear around. What if, what if it doesn't work? What if the crops don't come next year, <laughs> yes. Johnny? Um, you know, like, it's yeah. It's what if what does happen? Um, but but if you that's know, your livelihood, it's a big decision. Yeah, it's, right? it's, a, it's a big decision. Mm. Yeah, mm. but you'll look at the studies and it'll show that after two years you'll be in a better place. Yeah, and you're not having to pay for the superphosphate or the yes. roundup. Yes. Yes. Yeah. For many reasons, it'll be different. For many place. reasons, stop killing all the bugs. Yeah. They're actually good. there's some good bugs some out good there bugs, as well. Some good bugs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's talk about last year for a second, and mm. and obviously you know you you've got a um, a five level venue here. Yeah. That's driven by booze. <laughs> oh, um, there's booze everywhere. <laughs> it's debaucherous. <laughs> it's great. Come on down. Trav and Andy's wine corner. <laughs> Trav and Andy's five level wine corner. Five level wine <laughs> corner. <laughs> So how did how did you guys get through last year? How did we get through last what did you year? Do, what did you do, what did you do that was you what know did we do? not obviously different? Well, are you talking about after I broke down completely <laughs> in front of all the staff and cried? Okay, yes. let's go from there on. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah. Look, we made the decision very quickly as as a, a group of owners to to not go down the path of doing any takeaway. Um, how long did you discuss that for? About a minute. Right. Wow. Okay. Not very long. Like it yep. was, it's just not what we do. Yep. And there's other people out there that do it better than we do. Sure. And they can do that. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, which was pretty daunting to go into the first lockdown not knowing what was going to happen next. Sure. So, it took me about two weeks to not be an absolute ball of nerves <laughs> worrying about everything. Mm. Um. So, yeah, and, and c- because there was a bit of a lag time in that period in terms of what the government was going to really do and offer. Yes. So we had 32 people when we had to go and I had to stand down 32 people. Wow. Which I never thought I'd have to do ever mm. and I never want to do that again. Mm. Please and thank you. Um, so, yeah, we had to stand down 32 people um, and then, yeah, so that, that first little bit, there was no real indication as to what was actually going to occur. And so there was some, we had some pretty full-on discussions on the phone and mm. little conference calls and stuff like that, which was great. And, you know, the guiding, you know, silent partners were amazing through that period, sort of encouraging us to you know, not go completely mental, you know, because I didn't know, like, you know, there's money owing to the bank (laughs) and I've got a massive tax debt Mm. and, oh, God, what (laughs) am I going to do now? Mm. I own five surfboards and I'm going to have to sell every one of them. (laughs) 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 Uh, First problem. Um, So, yeah, it's like to work your way through that not knowing was, was pretty big. So after the first two weeks, I decided to kind of let a lot of that go. 
right. and just wait and just see what happened. Because interesting. Because when the decision is taken away from you, like your speculation goes out the window. Yeah. So like, yeah. what am I going to speculate on? Why, mm. why, why speculate at all? Why put myself through that stress and anxiety? Sure. For the sake of me going, aha, I knew that was going, what was going to happen. Yes. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, great, you really won, didn't you? No, <laughs> you didn't win, didn't at all. You just sat there in a ball of anxiety and stress. Mm. So I kind of just let it go a bit and just try to enjoy control. every day mm-hmm. as it was and as it came and dealt with whatever it was as it came through. And mm. I was really lucky enough to go and, you know, Ended up going and living with my brother and his family and taking, you know, helping him take care of his kids and cooking for them. It was really great. And my daughter was able to come over every now and then and do homeschooling and it was good. And like, oh. I, I really enjoyed it. Like, oh, yeah. it was a good time. <laughs> um, but the best thing came when JobKeeper was announced and I was able to put 22 people back onto the payroll yeah. and keep them going. Wow. And that was a great relief. And I, the government did a bloody great thing in doing that. That was, yes. a, that was awesome. Yes. You know, because it gave me the peace of mind that those people who I felt dearly responsible for were going to be taken care of. Yes. Because as a business, we would not have been able to do that on our own. No, of course not. And you know what? I doubt that there's any business out there that could have. No. Absolutely not. So I think that the government did a huge thing in that regard. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I just... Yeah, once that was announced, um, yeah, I just spent... The rest of it sort of I was able to uh, get myself a, a pass to get through the iron curtain <laughs> and go to the farm and, and do work out there. And that's what I did. I ended up sleeping in a swag for most of winter and like cooking over a fire. <laughs> just Oh, there goes Huckleberry Finn. <laughs> you know. Uh, I just had a really good time. Had you done uh, that before? Hey? Had you done that before? What do you mean? Like, like sleep- as in sleep- sleeping in a swag and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, that's how we set the farm up originally. Right. Yeah, we, yeah right. We, there was no infrastructure. It was a sheep property originally. So we spent wow. like a mu- like we spent a lot of time sleeping in swags and just out by the fire and whatever. Like, it's just how I kind of grew up. Kind of grew up that way. I grew up that way a, a fair bit, you know. Yeah, right. Um, so, yeah, in, in that regard it was good. And then, like, I just um, had some nice moments where I was able to, you know, call on staff who might have been around and just sort of drop off some wine on their front porch or leave a bunch of wattle for them or whatever it was <laughs> just to, like just i think it was really important for me to try and improve someone's day like because yeah, it was true. so hard yes it was ridiculous you yes. know like so it's yeah. just like if there was anything i could do that just like made some i don't know just sm- have a smile for a sec i really focused on doing those things you know like just you know dropping off um Travis' partner was pregnant at the time. Yeah, you know, right. dropped her a big bunch of wattle and like, <laughs> and I, I, I think I think she was happy about. It. I'm glad she. Was, I think she. Yes, goddamn it, she was happy. About this. <laughs> and um, and like I don't know. I think that 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 for me, I don't know. I just I had these cheeky moments. Where I was like, I'm gonna run the gauntlet. I'm gonna go out of my zone here. I'm gonna drop some wattle off to somebody <laughs> and a bottle of wine. And I'm going to do it with a smile on my face. I'm, I'm curious if you're going to start a wattle florist after this. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think that would go very far, actually, thinking about it. Scratch that idea, Sean. That's a bad idea. No, I don't know. Look, you know, I think it was very important for me to stay positive as mm. long as I could. As, but it was, it was hard. Like, it was a hard thing to stay positive through because it's the not knowing was very difficult. You know, yeah, the not sure. knowing when this was going to be done and 
you know, we'd, we'd have a monthly meeting or a weekly catch-up on the phone with the directors and, you know, it was... Yeah, the, they were great. Like, they they were amazing, the two, mm. you know, our silent partners. Um, mm. were just amazing through that whole period. And, you know, I even remember one day I took a phone call from Andrew McConnell and he's just like, oh, he's like, how you going? I'm like, I don't know, how you going? <laughs> I was like, I'm going pretty good. He goes, do you know that you're going to be okay? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. The good ones are going to come out all right, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> it's really bloody great to hear somebody say it because you just you just didn't know, you know? yeah. And yeah. yeah, so once once again, I get back to the point of like, stop trying to extrapolate everything. Like, you're only going to cause yourself harm by doing it. Mm. Just just try and live each day and and try and you know do the best you can each day. I don't think that there's much more that you can do, especially in this industry. Yes, you know, there's just so many things around the corner, and you just. Yeah, if you want to try and pinpoint all of them, I think you're going to go crazy doing it. Yeah, yeah. Do you th- do you feel like you're more connected to the hospitality community now? I mean, obviously you've you've had that connection with Andrew for a yeah. hell of a long time, and and you've got a good good staff base, and I'm sure they appreciate that you and Trav looked after them so well during the time last year. Yeah, look, I, it's a funny one for me. Like, it's <laughs> I think connected co- to community just in general. But um, yeah, the, the, it's it's funny. Like I, doing what I do, like I'm a relatively recognisable human being, and my daughter Matilda often is like, we'll be walking down the street together, and I'll say to say hi to like five people in the space <laughs> of two blocks, and she goes, "Dad, who are these people? <laughs> You're famous. What do you, what do you, what do you keep saying hi to everybody?" <laughs> I just go, "Oh, sh- sorry." <laughs> Oh, that's such and such, darling. Oh, yes. Okay, okay, okay. Which, like, really is an amazingly grounding thing when you actually look at it. Mm. And I, I, I really enjoy it. And I, I've got the time of day for everybody. Like, I just, I don't know, I just enjoy, <laughs> I, know, I just enjoy doing what I do. And I think that's part of it is, is being part of that community on the whole and mm. greater community. But um, hospitality, yeah, my God, I, I think that I have a huge amount of respect for anyone that made it through last year and yeah. an amazing amount of respect for anyone who's going to continue going mm. you know and i think that we should all pat ourselves on the back for getting through it and actually coming out and, and being ready to roll and and um you know i went for to a restaurant catering industry um lunch the other day and it was mm-hmm. great to just sort of yeah see the see everyone in the room at down at grossi and mm-hmm. see carlo I hadn't seen carlo for ages pretty stoked to see carlo always <laughs> stoked to see carlo <laughs> <laughs> and the whole Grossi family because it's just such amazing people and yeah. what they do. Um, and, you, yeah, like, God, seeing legacy like that, you see legacy like that and the way that they look at this, yeah, man, like, holy hell. Like next that's, level. It's next level. Mm. Like, just, like, I, I just I feel blessed to be part of any of this. Like, yeah. to be, you know, it, anywhere near being able to do this and, mm. and like... Yeah, I, I, I'm stoked every day I come to work. I'm just, I enjoy it so much. And um, yeah, I just, but also, I don't know, I, I was thinking about this this morning. It's just like the amount of people over the years who, you know, have been involved with or trained or, you know, and to watch people move on and do things and grow. And I, I, that's the other thing that I love. You know, I love that. I love that legacy there as well. It's Agree. like, you know, seeing people go and open their own businesses, like my mate Owen, who's got Vex up in. Northcote, and mm-hmm. like, you know, he's done this great little, oh, Westgarth, I think it is actually, but it's a 
great little restaurant. He's given it a crack. And, like, just I love seeing that. That just makes me so stoked. <laughs> just so happy. Oh, come on, he's done it. Look at it. Yeah, get it, man. Do it, you know. Um, but, yeah, just I just think it's, it's a great industry and I think that we need to have as many people involved as we can get. Yeah. It is, you know. But that's the thing. It's so broad. I get, like, you've got the – you don't only have – like, it's not only just uh, – it's a restaurant. There's the – farming side of it the wine production side of it there's so many things to be involved in in this industry and it just so happens we've got an amazing country in australia that you, you can actually like really do so many different things yeah you, know, you can really give it a crack across the yes. board if you want mm. and it's all out there you just got to sort of commit to doing it you know yeah and be kind to yourself while you're doing it yeah 100 percent. stop having late nights everybody go to bed <laughs> it's not easy yeah. it's definitely not easy do you yeah. think um, we talked about um, international staff at the start of the podcast yep. and and obviously that lends itself to talking about training and, and who's coming through the industry, right, who's yeah. been trained well. Um, yep. And, you know, I've had conversations with venue owners of recent times on the podcast about how there's an underskilling of people within yes. the industry, right, yeah. especially yep. coming out of certain organisa- uh, certain uh, yes. training systems. Yep. But there's a reason why you stayed with Andrew McConnell yeah. for over a decade. Yeah. There's a reason why you really care about what guy, you know, what guy will think about what you're doing here and, and, yeah, and having yeah. that nod, right? Yeah. How do we how do we make sure we're honouring the Andrews and, and the Guy Grossies and the Carlos and the Nathan Tolmans and these people in the industry who are doing yeah. such a good thing and, you know, how do we do that? Because I'm trying to think about how we use those talented individuals and and make sure that we can that can create a stronger industry and a stronger training system for our for our industry. Well, I think like the ultimate outcome would be to have like a true culinary institute in Melbourne. Yeah. Like honestly. Yeah, that's a great point. We do need it. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent we need it. I remember talking to saying to Andrew one day like, you know, we I'd looked around Cumulus and was just like, my God, we like He's literally creating the future of hospitality yeah. in the businesses that he had. 100%. Well, he has, sorry, that yes. he has. And yes. He, and he did. <laughs> like, yeah. he did. Yeah. And it was just, it's true. It's a true thing. Like, it's um, – we, we need a true training institute. We need that, you know, for, for everything, for wine, for, you know, for chefs, um, everything. Like, just basic knife skills, my God. Like mm. – <laughs> Mm. Yeah, I'm not a chef, but wow. Um, <laughs> it's just, I think we, we, ne- we need to refocus on the base tools of what we do. Yes, know? yeah. I think that's what, we're, we're, that's what I'm sort of thinking and seeing more than anything else. You mm. know? I think that, that we need to get back to that. And respecting the craft of what we do and, the, you know, and, and really respecting the, the core of what it is to be hospitable also. You know? Yes, 100%. Get, getting back to that as a conversation, I don't know. I think mm. that... It's it's yeah, being hospitable, it's easy to say, but doing it every day is a different story. You know, I think it's a you need to be very dedicated to be hospitable every day. And I think that we need to start training people in that ability, you know. Did you find you had that ability coming into the industry or do you think people like Andrew train that into you over time? Um I think I was relatively hospitable before mm. but I think I gained a respect for it at Cumulus than anywhere else because you saw how you could really change somebody's day and I think that's the main thing like you saw if somebody came in stressed I'd be like oh, yeah, I'll try and do something you know, make, you know whatever try and make them a bit happier like doing something 
yes. that they wouldn't have expected, you know. Mm. And it's the small, simple things. Like, it's, it could be anything at all. Like, um, and Andrew was very good at that. Like, if you saw a solo diner, grab them a book. You know, <laughs> just, just grab them something <laughs> to read. Like, just that small consideration of they might want something other than their phone to look at, you know, like... Um, and it's it's those considerations that I think really sunk in with me and and yeah taught me to be peripherally aware of what it is to be hospitable. I think that's probably the point. You see, like you know, it created the ability to see where hospitality hospitality could actually sit in with someone's day. You know, um, I think that that's an important thing to respect as well. Like that's what that's why we're doing this. Restaurants are about rest and respite. You know. Yeah. So if you're not offering that as a base thing, then what are you what are you offering? You know, it's a yeah. It's not it's just a great a, point. it's not just a food machine. <laughs> no, it's just not. Yeah, it's just it's not, not just a, about the product. It's not a vending machine, mate. Yeah. Come on in. Yes. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. So I think yeah, it's. But that also comes. I think there's a huge amount of you need to have a lot of like self-respect also mm. like, to know. Like, hospitality is not just about laying yourself out there and giving everything and burning yourself completely and going, I've got nothing left, you know. Like, <laughs> to be hospitable, you need to have enough energy in yourself as well. And I think that's about self-respect and, and doing the best by yourself too. So it's really important that you, you know, try and manage your own life in a way that respects yourself so that you can be truly hospitable. Do you think that's going to be the important thing that we need to train hospitality leaders moving yeah, forward? I think so, definitely. Like it's definitely not being trained, right? It hasn't been trained at all. It's actually the opposite. Opposite, unfortunately. It's a badge um, of honour to work. Yeah, eighty I work. to hundred hours a week. Of what I, I worked hundred hours a week, and now I've got a heroin yeah. problem. Yeah, yeah exactly. Awesome, dude. That's so <laughs> yeah. good of you to you're do that winning. to yourself. Yes. You're really winning. Yes. Um, no, you're not. Um, so, I, yeah, I, it is an important thing to train, and I think that it's something we do talk about here quite a lot. Um, mm. We don't have a huge drinking culture here, which I really like. Um, and, yeah, I think it's it's about, you know, hospitality doesn't have to be everything that you're about. It can be a great part of your life and you can actually live a very full life doing a lot of other things and work in hospitality at the same time. It's a great point. Right? So if that makes sense. It does. <laughs> I'm smiling because I'm thinking yeah. to myself, maybe yeah. I need it's to. just like, well, you know, yeah. I, I, hey, Sean, I'm not going to judge you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> We're not doing heroin after this. Um, <laughs> no, but like it's, it's, I don't know, I think it's a very important thing just to know that like you're not at your best if you're not treating yourself well. Yes. Yeah? yeah. And guess what? Your, your customers see that. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah. yeah. I'm no saint. I'm not saying that at all. I have late nights. I've been known to be out late, but <laughs> you've learnt. I've learnt. Yeah, probably took me a little bit too long, <laughs> but um, I think it's I think it's a really important thing to to know. Mm. Like I look at the discipline of our kitchen team here, and I am so impressed. Like they are just an absolute bunch of guns, and you know, I've got this one one apprentice, second year apprentice, Bethan, who looks like a marathon runner, and I'm like. <laughs> Holy shit, back in my day when I was younger, there was no marathon runners in kitchens. Where are your cigarettes? The, the kitchen was the marathon. Go and get, go and get your pack of darts. <laughs> what are you doing? Just like, yeah, but it's just good to see. I think it's a, you know, I think that that's a great thing. And, and I, I do mean that in terms of like the way you can balance your life. Like, mm. yeah, you can have a good life. You can balance it out between, you know, what we do here. Because if you're working nights, like, 
Yeah, it might be starting at three. So you've got this entire day mm. where you can do something. Yes. So I encourage people to do something. Do something. Yeah. yeah. Go out there and do something. Yeah. You know, God, whatever it is. I've got five surfboards. Come and borrow one. Um, <laughs> it's good to know you still got five. Yeah, I still got five. I didn't have to sell them in the end. Of that was really good, isn't it? Got through that pandemic with all of my surfboards intact. So happy. Success. Look at me go. <laughs> Woo! Still got a tax debt. Damn it. Okay, fine. Good. All right. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I think it's a really thing to be respectful of what you're doing yeah yourself yeah that's it have you have you thought about the have you thought about the business and how it operates differently because you're not you're not doing 14 services a week here you know you're not you're not open lunch and dinner every yeah, single day just tuesday and wednesday we don't yeah. open for lunch yes um so it's just yeah, the seven nights and the five lunches um yeah. but is it making you think yeah, differently look, about public holidays and Sundays oh definitely and we like just cl- we closed for easter but we we've always closed for easter mm-hmm. we can't like with the current wage loadings over Easter, it is, you know, it is not worth opening for us, unfortunately. Um, mm. But it's also a good time for the staff to have a break and a, sh- and, a, and a scheduled set break. Sure. You know, which I, is you know, a great outcome for them. Mm. Um, has it made me, th- yeah, look, we've been, like, the public holiday thing, it's a hard one. Some of them work for us, some of them don't. Mm. Some of them you make money, some of them you don't make money. Mm. Um, what do you look at? You look at the over the twelve months, it comes out in the wash. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, I think that this whole thing will. I think we, we can't. I don't really want to change our operating hours because I think that they work for the area and what we do, and they they seem to work in terms of getting people through the door. So sure. Um, but yeah, I definitely do think that there is a point to be made to say that, like. After last year, we we don't you don't have to be fourteen services. You don't yeah. have to be seven days a week, lunch yeah. and dinner. Yeah, you know, it's it's not smart to always be out there. Mm-hmm. And I think that that goes against the grain of what you know a lot of uh, restaurant owners or business operators would think. So we've got to be there. It's just like, yeah, no, you don't. Mm. Like your customer base will respect the fact that you need to close or you need to not be there that day or mm. whatever it might be. Like. And I think that's the, the greatest the greatest thing I've seen, this is the most beautiful thing I've seen, is actually how appreciative everybody is that we, we're back. Yeah, that's right? true. Yep. Which I think is just, it's the most beautiful thing to witness in a customer that they pull you aside and they go, I'm so glad you guys made it through. Yeah. And it just makes me, it gets me. You know, I was like, oh, thank you. I'm pretty glad to yeah. actually. It's quite <laughs> nice. Yeah. You know, it's really good to be here. Um, and it's like, and on the flip side, like coming out of lockdown, I was like the first week of trade back. I was just like, oh my god, like this is because I'd been like literally out in the wilderness, <laughs> out in the wilderness, just hanging out in my little swag, swag talking, <laughs> talking to myself and doing little dances in the vineyard. Wee, fun times. Um, are those my shoes? I don't know. Uh, but the. The greatest thing for me coming back was actually realising just how much I'd actually missed this. I hadn't mm. felt it until we got back and did it. Mm. And that for me was the, the greatest thing. And I just go, oh, my God, this is, this is exactly what I, I do this. This is my job. And I love this. Yeah. I love what we do. Mm. I love it dearly. You know, like, and I think that the guests and customers that we're seeing coming through have a similar respect. Like yeah. They've just had whole time where they couldn't go and do this thing and now they're coming back and they are really really appreciative and it's so nice to see and i hope it stays that way and like like 
our customers are amazing in general, but across the board, across Melbourne, I think that we're very, just very happy to be back and operational and, and you know, getting this city back to life. And I think that's what we try and do in this industry is like we, we try and drive the culture of this city and I think that's a really important thing that we need to respect in ourselves that what we do on a daily basis is bring culture. We do that. That's our job. Like it's the, the culture of an actual city, you know, yeah. like... And when you take it away, it, I don't know if anyone walked through the city when it was during lockdown. It was scary, man. Yeah, like it was, it was scary. so scary. Like no one in the street, you know. Yeah. So I think that yeah, what we do is we try and bring a bit of life and colour. And it's Melbourne has an amazing history of that. You know? Um, totally. One of my great mentors was Patricia O'Donnell, mm-hmm. who was an incredible woman. Mm-hmm. Um, used to live above Marion. Wow. And um, she was probably one of the main reasons I got in, into this business because she she said to me one day, she goes, Andrew, you'd be a bloody dickhead if you didn't do anything. <laughs> and I just went, thanks, Patricia. <laughs> That's honest. I didn't know you swore so much. <laughs> um, but, like, she was just a great, great woman and she embodied she, – for me, she embodied culture and mm. respect for what we do. Like, she was, she was an incredible woman. Um, yeah. So, yeah, she – Helped me to get to where I am. Yeah. How did you deal with the emotion of coming back? Like we're through this Ooh. podcast, we're talking we're talking about how much, like this was meant for you to yeah. do hospitality, to be hospitable, to have connection, to build community, yeah. to give a shit about people. Yeah. How did I deal with? How did you deal with the emotion of actually opening the doors again, Grozak? Uh, no, um, <laughs> and getting through. Yeah, it was getting back to it. I think I don't know. Like. Getting back was kind of like easy. I think the hard thing came in the form of all the stringent operational things you had to mm. lay across it. Yeah, sure. And once again, I think it, for me, I had to get back to that, well, stop extrapolating. Yeah. Stop trying to overthink this. Just operate, see how it works and deal with that. The emotional sure. side of things, like how do you, how do you deal with that? It's a yoga. Oh, no, just um, was it humor? Yeah, just making making light of it. Yeah, yeah I just yeah. think that we just yeah, just like yeah, absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. I think you just because you're a very you, humorous person. <laughs> I'm just curious if humor is the reason, uh, like the way you got through it. Because Andy, yeah, if, if someone absolutely. comes up to you who's been yeah. a cu- maybe I'm sure you have a lot of people who come here every week or every Friday night or Saturday night or whatever yeah. and have a drink, right? Uh huh. And they really I don't work build Friday it. Friday or Saturdays, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> I hope they're here. Maybe a third. a good roster. And they build a really good connection with you and your team. Yeah. And then you've had this whole period where you guys have been shut. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're open again. And they yeah. come up to you and go, Andy. Oh. Like, fuck, I'm glad you're open. You don't understand how much we've missed this. Yeah. After There's the fifth or sixth person, that becomes bloody full on. Yeah, right? exactly. And I, yeah, and I um, have, have been – well, after the – well, there were a couple that got me early on and I – yeah. Uh, a bit teary and I was like oh fuck it is really really good to be back <laughs> but um, I think yeah it's, it has become a bit of a like yeah I'm, I'm still just really glad to have a business where I can employ yeah. people yeah. you know I'm still I'm glad that we've got this thing that we can come to every day and work in you know like I'm glad for that and I'm mm. glad to be able to, to be able to offer this thing that we love offering you know yep. like <laughs> it's the response I've got now for that yeah. definitely yeah. like absolutely mm. And yeah, you just oh, once again, just take every day as it comes, and just be happy that you're here and be able to do it. You yeah. Know, just don't look and and don't. Oh, 
And I think that just don't be disrespectful for what you have, you know, because it can be taken away real quick. Yeah, that's that's the point. Andy, my last question too is is probably two in one, right? Like, what what are you looking forward to most in this year? Are you seeing opportunity for the brand? Are you, are you thinking guys are thinking of doing something different in twenty twenty one, twenty two? Well, yeah. So John Paul Toomey, who was their head chef for three years, here is headed over to Baker Blue mm-hmm. now, which I think is a great move for him because he's you know of the age where I think that he needs to spend some. He's wanting to spend time with his family and yep. I really respect that and I mm-hmm. respect his decision to go and do that. So we've got Connor Pomeroy coming on to be head chef here who's an absolute gun and the right age and ready to roll. So I'm really like my my role this year is shifting around where I'm going to actually be working more closely with the kitchen than ever before. Yeah, right. Which is I'm really looking forward to. I bet. Because I actually really like, I like cooking. Not that I'm going to be cooking. I'll just be like going, what are you doing today? <laughs> You having a nice time? <laughs> well done, good. everyone. Well done, everybody. <laughs> I'm off out the front to have an espresso. Does anybody want one? Okay, good. <laughs> I'm glad I'm really got this under control. Uh, this is good. Uh, but no, I think. So, what are we looking? What am I looking forward to? I'm looking forward to that challenge. I'm looking forward to sustaining this business for the next. God, I you know I want to get this going for another ten years at least. Like, yeah, yeah. We're not going anywhere. You know, <laughs> that's the point. And I just want to be here. It's good to hear. And so. The next year is about consolidating this place and making it work the way that it has been working and getting yeah. it back to that point. And it's been an amazing comeback so far. So I'm just in, I'm looking forward to keeping it going and you mm-hmm. know making sure this great building is maintained as best as it can because I think a lot of people don't realise I'm also the maintenance man here. So it's <laughs> nice. I fix everything. <laughs> it's it's handy. Oh, that's that tap's broken. Get under the bench, Andy. <laughs> okay, thanks. I'll do that. <laughs> Anybody see my wrench? <laughs> my bloody toolbox. Um, but yeah, I just I, I'm I'm really looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to working with the great team that we've got here, and like mm. every day is a pleasure for me. Mm-hmm. I have an amazing group of people that I get to work with. That's cool. That's a cool thing to have, you know. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And you know, Trav's just had a baby, at, you know, and so he's he's going to be looking forward to being a dad and, mm-hmm. and enjoying that. And I think that the thing for the great thing about what we have here is Trav and I've got a you know, respect for what each other needs to do in life. Right. I think that that's, I don't know, also the other thing I probably haven't made much of a point on is just like, it's okay being a business owner, but if it's destroying your life, then don't do it, you know. Make sure mm. that what you do is encouraging and building your life. You know? mm. I think that that's the main thing. And I think that that's the other thing. Like, I've, my daughter's just started high school as well. So, um, wow. you know, she's going through the teenage change and she's like i don't want to hang out with you anymore dad you're boring <laughs> you're not cool like, turns out i'm actually pretty not boring I'm actually pretty good. <laughs> so she's going to learn that soon <laughs> probably after this year i hope but um i just i just hope that I, I just want to be here and make this great so that you know people want to be involved with it that's all like i don't think that there's there's no great scheme or plan and there's once mm. again getting that you, if you're trying to scheme and plan i think that you, you might lose the the side of what's going on in that day. Sure. So, yeah. You take it yeah, as it comes. Take it as it comes. Enjoy it. Drive it, you know, push it, but also make sure that it's good every day. Yeah. That's all. Andy, this has been a remarkable hour to sit down with you and have a chat. Um, yeah. So, thank you for your time. Oh, what was the best way that people can find out about Carlton Wine Room? Um, probably on probably Instagram, I think, um, mm-hmm. just at the Carlton Wine Room. Uh, you'll find that. 
uh, or just www.thecartwineroom.com.au. Yeah. That's Thanks, Andy. Or, or give us a call, you know. We're <laughs> open for a chat. <laughs> Okay. For a laugh. <laughs> or maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Depends who you get on the day. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> all right. Andy Joy, thanks so much. My pleasure. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Principle of Hospitality, the podcast. We hope you really enjoyed this episode. Please comment, like, and share this podcast with your friends in the industry. We're making this content with the industry in mind, so we'd really appreciate you sharing along with those that you care about in the industry. Thanks as well to our sponsor, Chef's Hat, the largest family-owned and operated hospitality supplier in Australia. They strive to inspire cooks, chefs, bakers, and bartenders to deliver the best product with the best tools every day. We're so proud to partner with them. That's where the industry shops. And if you don't know us at Poe, Sash, my co-founder from Principal Design, has one of the best design agencies in Australia. So if you're looking for anything around strategy, branding, digital design, and graphic design, then you can find them at principaldesign.com.au and myself at Open Pantry Consulting for anything to do with hospitality operations, strategy, and recruitment. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks to Chef's Hat for supporting us. And until next time, stay safe. Cheers.